0: This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionizing the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount motion20 and use the code motion20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics in Motion listeners. That's tkopresents.com slash discount motion20. Use the promo code MOTION20. Happy reading. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob.
1: For old times, huh?
0: Harley Quinn, nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers.
0: This is my favorite Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes, because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry.
1: That's my secret, yeah. I am inevitable. Hulk. Smile.
0: Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks.
1: Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a longtime comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from a TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do here is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, we haven't done a series in a little while. And I thought, you know, let's let's go ahead and do one of these series and let's do something that's a bit more off the wall. So, Chris, what are we going to review this week?
0: We're going with Dave. The 2017, well, that was when the first season was on, uh, Netflix series that we've got in the UK. I know it was over on sci-fi in America, uh, Happy. And uh, yeah, I'd never heard of it, Dave, until you put us on to this. So yeah, (laughs) uh, interesting series. The first series is eight episodes that we're reviewing. We haven't reviewed the second series, but we have just gone with the first for now.
1: And I don't think we we won't do our usual, you know, kind of step through the plot and tangent off on stuff because it is eight seasons, so we, we're going to keep the time down. I think I just wanted to do something again, a, a series, but something that's a bit left field. So we last few weeks, we or a few months, we've been alternating between Marvel and DC, and and this is an image comic, and it was actually based. It, it was written by Grant Morrison. And he's known for his kind of wacky stuff. It was his run on Doom Patrol, Chris, that basically the TV show is based on. So I thought, well, you like like that Doom Patrol? So, you know, there's one there. And the artist is a guy called Derek Robertson, and he did the art for The Boys, which is also, you know, a series that you like. So I thought, well, you know, the two creators there, we'll put them together, we'll review this one, and surely Chris is going to like this. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> what i will say before we go any further you're right about the tv series but we've got two tv series coming up we're definitely going to be reviewing um and you i'm not even spoke to you about this dave so i've got a chris special but we've got the umbrella academy is about to be released second series we've got to review that because i love that first series yeah also later on in september so we've got the umbrella academy in august or i think it's this friday actually the 31st of july and then we've also got the Boys Season 2. And now The Boys, I love Umbrella Academy. I love Doom Patrol. Umbrella Academy is really good. The Boys is up there, I've told you, for Daredevil, for me. I love The Boys so much and I can't wait for this second series. I really, really can... I will be on that, literally binging it straight away. I love it. Yeah. So, um,
1: However, Dave... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I was just going to say 100%. I'm with you. Really excited for both of them, but probably excited a little bit more for the boys, to be honest.
0: Yeah, definitely. And however, Dave, you always have to have a yin and yang, don't you? And for me, this has it all, David. Has it all. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you know anything about this show, Dave? Because I didn't know anything until he put me onto it.
1: Well, yeah, like I say, it was created back in 2012. Uh, It it was just a four-issue comic run, so that that was it. You know, no big universe or anything. So, obviously, with the TV show, it's it's had to fill in a lot of the blanks. And I haven't watched the second series. I do want to get onto it, but, again, it was just... uh, Reviewing it was just another excuse. Now, I had seen it back when it came out, and I thought, fucking hell, this is weird, (laughs) you know? (laughs) but um uh, yeah i just thought we'll do it and then uh i can move on to the second series then and and then we won't end up reviewing it and then i'll sort of inadvertently spoil it with knowing what's coming in the second series but right chris i think (laughs) i think i know where you're gonna go but um i think we should get into our trailer let's go (laughs) my life is an ever swirling toilet that just won't flush I don't think I can die. Hard to believe this piece of he used to be the best detective in the whole department. I died did it. Clear it. Perfect. Hey, mister, come on, snap out of it. Hey, can you see me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you can see me! What the hell? I'm happy!
0: The happy horse, 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 so full of fun, of course,
1: of course! It's plain to see, it's fun to be happy!
0: Here comes the fun!
1: I'm an imaginary friend. I'm Haley's imaginary friend. Come with me. She's the sweetest little girl in the whole world. Let me out! And you're the only one that can help me save her. I am going to remove your penis in thin slices, like salami. It's going to take you a long
0: time, if you know what I mean. You knows what I mean?
1: Are we the best team or what? Question you gotta ask yourself. Do you feel lucky? Whoops! <laughs> I pooped. You are really bad at driving. Disagree. Look at all the traffic we have with. Very Christmas. Now, our main protagonist, Nick Sachs, is a disgraced police officer and he gets by in life with a heavy dose of alcohol and substance abuse. Now, he acts as a hitman to feed his habits and various vices. After having a near-fatal heart attack, Nick starts to see a small winged unicorn called Happy. Happy is the imaginary friend of Haley, who's just been kidnapped by a very bad Santa. Now, Chris, what did you make to this opening episode?
0: <laughs> now, listen, Dave, listen, let's just get it all out in the open. You know that, not necessarily as much on to emotion, but we do have the same uh, listeners and some of our good friends do cheer into us on this show and the VHS Strikes Back. The VHS Strikes Back has literally become a game of movie tennis where we literally try in the best we can to make the other watch the shittest <laughs> movie ever. Now, I let me give you a bit of background, Dave. The, the main actor who plays Nick Sachs, Christopher, I think it's Christopher Maloney and Melanie. I kept thinking, I know him, I know him. I, it only comes to me afterwards. The, the main thing I know him from there, and I know he's been in loads of things, he's the guy out of Man of Steel who says, This man is not our enemy. And pulls a knife on the woman who looks like Ursula's ones, well if he's gonna when they're fighting in um Smallville. And, oh, and he's the guy. Right. And I, I, I kept thinking, where do I know this guy from? And and it, it literally only came to me when I was researching the last day or so who he is. And he, he has got a filmography of uh, as long as you're on, Dave. He's even done loads of animated stuff like the Green Lantern and that. But he's loads of movies he's in. And there's been loads of stuff in after this. So... The pretense of this, I'm thinking, great. And as a gamer, it reminded me slightly of the Max Payne. Have you ever played them? Yeah, the PS2. yeah, yeah. Yep. Especially the first one, the Max Payne. Very dingy, dark world. You know, like, obviously, this is set in New York. I can't, I can't remember where Max Payne was set at Chicago or New York. But very similar backdrop. It has all the ingredients for me. So I'm watching it. And like you would said about it, it's a bit out there. But, you know, watch it. You may enjoy it. And we've watched some really bizarre stuff like Doom Patrol, Umbrella Academy, really... Different type take on superheroes and and comic adaptions. This is fucking rubbish, Dave. Now, (laughs) I I have watched this and this has been eight episodes of hell because I just never, I've never watched something where I've, I've, I can't work out why I don't like it because I should love it because it's got all the violence. It's got a wacky story. I'm very uncomfortable with the, the sort of the selling of the children and things like that thing, just, just as a parent, I'm sure you are the same. It's very
1: mm-hmm. wacky
0: and weird. And I, I love the backdrop of like New York. I've just been to New York at Christmas. I love that whole city it, it, and it's, it is dingy and dirty. It's not like what you think on some of these glamorous TV shows, but I just don't get it. I think he's good in it as Nick Sachs, but I think the rest of it, I think I don't know if it's like series fatigue, but I just didn't like any of it. It just, I kept thinking it's going to brighten up at some point. He's going to be like on his arse and then make a comeback. And it just doesn't, it just <laughs> plods along. We get some great fight scenes. I'll give him that. There's some cracking like choreography and proper violence. There's no expense spared on any of this, Dave. And I love the backdrop of like, there's a reality show going on which i'm sure we'll get into being reality show podcasters as well but um yeah it opens up very interesting and then when the fucking unicorn comes on happy i was like what the fuck and i was watching it at like five in the morning and i was dying to text you going, you bastard what are you making me watch (laughs) (laughs) here
1: just before i respond to all of that so i did have to chuckle oh glenn Oh, Qui Gonglin, uh yeah. you know, supporter of our Patreon over at the VHS. I did have to piss myself when he he tweeted out yesterday that um he was on his third season of below deck. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's another seven degrees of bacon, isn't it? You know, our just, our our nonsensical love of the reality stuff just is gradually infecting the comic and, and movie TV and movie community, Chris. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, we should take it as a compliment because he's such a good guy, Glenn. I I don't know if he just likes listening to us just take the piss, but it's really nice. But he's got involved in this sort of stuff, hasn't he, Dave? He's a trucker, so I can just imagine him in his truck uh, and he's got his Yorkie bar, he's got his big mug of tea and that, and you're thinking he's going to be watching like The Godfather or something, you know, some monster film. No, he's watching (laughs) Below the Deck on Netflix.
1: Over the top.
0: (laughs) Yeah, over the top. (laughs) fucking okay, brilliant
1: yeah no that is awesome or oh, oh, yeah, gets into the truck and sticks on love island <laughs> <laughs> i might have done that in my truck days. Yeah, so. <laughs> i'm sure you have i'm sure you have um right right so back to happy i think this it is brilliantly shot everything around it you know i I often think okay what are they actually going for and they are going for a brutal depressing aesthetic aren't they just everything about nick Sack's life is shit everything (laughs) you know so if if you're out there and you're feeling a bit down on life i I have a look at nick Sack's life because his just fucking sucks balls i mean he's good at what he does isn't he he's a pretty good hitman and he's almost like superhuman sort of thing, you know, a bit of a superhero almost at times, um, you know, and I, I did feel that at times there is a bit of a Sin City vibe, you know, maybe a bit of Marv from Sin City. If you remember that, Marv yep, uh, remember, yeah. Yeah, big yeah, guy yeah. played by Mickey, yeah, rock. yeah, Mickey rock. Yeah. It's a, a little bit like that. Just the way he, he takes down, you know, he takes names as you would say, but, I must admit, I mean, fucking hell! Especially this first episode; it's a real slog to get through because it is so fucking depressing. I think it's, I think it's really good. Like I say, in the way that it's done, I think the music and and everything. But like I say, just ah, to be to be brought down to Nick Sax's level, it's just a depressing time in your life, isn't it? There's nothing. There's nothing upbeat really at all but then I think it's brilliantly contrast when Happy comes up and I think that is the that is the catch isn't it it is so dark and dingy I can't remember Chris on the Comics in Motion podcast or the VHS Strikes Back I can't remember watching anything quite as depressing as this for a while yeah
0: and I think that's probably where I've struggled with it Dave because Look, we've watched so many dark and dingy movies. We all do it. You know, that world. We watched Seven a few weeks ago, didn't we? You know, fantastic movie on the VHS. Obviously, completely different to this, but it's a fucking dingy and dark New York, is it? They don't name the city, but it is New York pretty much, and there's a bit in LA they do and stuff, but it's a proper depressing, but it's a different type of tone, and, and obviously, it's not as it's a movie. Daredevils like that, innit? You know, we've got the whole Hell's Kitchen stuff. It's not a nice place. And Matt Murdoch's going out there doing his bit as a lawyer, and then at night he's he's absolutely horrible. City, the underbelly of New York, it's just horrible. So, so I get all that. This just, I don't know what it is. It's for me, it just does nothing. I, I agree. Some of the cinematography is fantastic, Dave, but the whole Father Christmas angle. So the the angle is that this girl gets kidnapped, and what I have a problem with the girl who gets kidnapped is Nick Sack's daughter. So the mum, who was his missus when he was still a cop, we get flashbacks, don't we, to his partner, mm-hmm. the girl partner. She's someone who he was actually having an affair with. Uh, her mum is sort of um, on her last legs, isn't she? She's sort of being threatened by this gangland boss, uh, Mr. Blue Sacrimucci, whatever he's called, Francisco, uh, Mr. Blue Sacramutia. Um, so she's like trying to get Nick Sacks. They're after Nick Sacks because they think he's got a password because Nick takes out three brothers, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. a, a, brother, a son of this woman, sorry, in the two cousins. He takes like a, like a family because they drag this lad along who's been like living it up with these other gangsters uh, on the other side of America. And um, he kills him. So they think he's got a password and he hasn't got a password, has he? I'm, I'm, unless yeah. I've missed something there, He hasn't got a password, but the whole premise is that he has. So they've got to get hold of Nick Sachs. So. They've got this running in the background, but then in the meantime, he's he didn't know he has a daughter, but his daughter then gets uh, kidnapped. But the mum, who goes, you know, first she's upset, she then turns into Cagney and Lacey with the fucking, the woman he was having an affair with, his ex-police partner, because he's a disgraced cop, and they just go around investigating. I'm thinking, if that was my daughter, you know, and God forbid it never is, or anyone's daughter who's listening to us, you would be fucking ripping trees up, wouldn't you? Yeah. she's just Dicking around like, oh yeah, oh, it's not here though. She's not here. I'm off to my daughter. Yeah, you don't know. Okay. You would be a fucking wreck, wouldn't you? Because you're like, what has happened to my daughter? And she's only young, the kid. I found that utterly ridiculous, Dave. The, the calmness of her was nonsense.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if I got that from her. I, I thought she was. I mean, all right, she may not have sold Exactly how distraught she would be, but she's just getting frustrated, isn't she? Because again, it's another—it's it's almost like you know, it's Gotham City to another level, isn't it? It's yes. Gotham City yeah. ramped up to eleven. Just the cops are corrupt, you know. It just, oh, oh, you know, no one gives a shit, you know. So you, you've got a missing kid. Well, yeah, there's loads of missing kids, so you know, get to the back of the queue, sort of thing. So, so the fact that she's trying to do a bit of investigation herself, you know, and and. Find out what's happened. I, I think you know story-wise. I think I think that works, but yeah, she, probably the actress just probably should be a bit more bedraggled, a bit more kind of distraught by the whole thing.
0: You, you know what, though, Dave, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head to describe the city. It's a cross between Sin City, but especially Gotham and ramped up Gotham, the dingiest, shittiest Gotham in the movies, which for me would, I know it sounds daft, Dave, but the dingiest looking one, I would say, would maybe in Batman Returns or something, yeah. you know, and it was just a proper shit all rat infested Gotham. This is just on a different level to it to me.
1: So uh, yeah, it is dingy as fuck, and and what you don't have, obviously, in the in the Batman stories, is this seedy-looking fucking Santa who looks like he's he's never had a wash, um, well, ever, you know, grubby as fuck, and you know he's the one who's who's captured Haley, and when you get when you get happy turning up. And you know, again, that offsets some of the dinginess because it's just so ridiculous. You know, you've got he's doing his little song, isn't he? I'm happy the huss, huss, huss. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Nick Sachs is just like, fuck off. But you know, he, he does set about sort of trying to capture Haley, but he gets uh he gets caught up but for the first time by Smoothie. And, uh, you know, they sort of strap him to the to the chair. And this this is because he took out, you know, the blues sort of nephews and, and son or what have you. I, I did like the bit where, you know, Smoothie again, he, he sort of, he's sinister as fuck. Clearly takes a lot of pride in his work as, as being one of these torturers. But Sax, I do, see, as dingy as it is, there is some black comedy in here as well. You know, so he's he's sort of trying to put smoothie down. He's trying to say, about you know, to his his mates, his other henchmen, and that about how smoothie likes likes to be pissed on and what have you. <laughs> and, um, and smoothie's like, I'm going to slice off your penis like in little thin slices, and he's like gonna take you a while if you know what i mean yeah (laughs) he looks at one of the guys to his left and he's like he knows what i mean (laughs) (laughs) i just i just thought that was brilliant you know because again you, you fucking surely any human and this is where i say about you know marv from Sin City, you know, all that kind of superhero, because surely you will be thrashing around and fucking, you know, beside yourself at the prospect that he's lifting up the gown and that. But, you know, he ends up fucking pretty much ripping his his vein out to, you know, spray him in the eyes with his blood. And he ends up breaking out and beating the living shit out of everyone around him, isn't he? And yeah. I, again, that was just, for me, I know it's a comic book movie, but and, and as dingy as it was, you know that was very comic booky. I thought, yeah,
0: it was. To be fair, and I, I think as well, Dave. One thing I loved and I touched on it before the reality stuff is so uh, Mr. Blue's sister, who's obviously her son's one of the guys who come the one who the main one who got dragged along at the start and gets thrown out the window. She's got a reality TV cameras with her, and she's and what I love is the way. I've tried to get you to watch this on our v- uh, on our VHS on the Love Island cast. Um, sorry, Dave, Chris and Dave's reality cast. Even now, <laughs> that's, that's our new name, Chris and Dave's reality cast. Um, it is. The sort of housewives scenario set up. So there's one from the UK, Housewives of Cheshire, you lasted about 20 minutes and give me a right load of abuse, which I found hilarious. And uh, then we've we've had like, I watch stuff like Housewives of New York. I've watched Married to Medicine, which is Housewives of Atlanta, really. But there's all sorts of, we mean Some will watch. We'll watch all them things. But the format is, Dave, that they're married pretty much to somebody who's wadded or they're wadded. You know, that that's the pretense of the show. So the way they segue this into this is fantastic because it's exactly like the TV shows. all the women are there giving a bio of themselves. Yeah, I'm married to a millionaire and I just live off him or something like that. And they're all wearing the stunning dresses, the hair looks immaculate. They all look like something off the old dynasty set from the 80s, you know, Joan Collins job. That's perfect. Because at first I was thinking, is this a real show? And then realised that it was a setup because it was just exactly like, because he had like the mob, there was one called uh, Married to the Mob as well, Dave, you know, so they were married oh, to married yeah, to like yeah. ex-mob people. And, and one of the girls actually ended up on a couple of reality shows in the UK recently, Ex on the Beach, she was on one of them. Uh, she was a good looking girl, actually, as well, but she was a proper feisty, you know, like gangsters, like ex-gangster's wife and stuff. And that was perfect, and I love that dynamic with his sister, because Mr. Blue's like this psycho, but his sister just gives him shit all the way through, but it's the fact that they film him, and she's trying to get a confession out of her own brother for the show. They blew her brother out, so he's got like this dead voice and he's like (laughs) that speaking, proper like hiding the voice but his wife and kid are not blurred out so you yeah. can clearly see who he is because if you know his wife and kid he's the, <laughs> the, i thought that was quite funny it was little little piss takes out of the reality tv stuff that i did quite enjoy but like i say when it goes dark and nicks on the case it's i found that after a couple of episodes it was the same format just in different settings and it was always like there was one bit of violence that he had to in in uh, flicked on somebody towards the end of the episode, and it just seemed to be a rinse and repeat for me, sadly, that, um, after that. So it, it started off, I didn't like it, and then I was a little bit intrigued, and there's a few high spots, but there wasn't anything that grabbed me in, Dave, and I kept, I, I kept like, I was watching it on my bike in the gym most of the time, but there was a lot of it, I put it on the big telly and I had my earphones on, you know, trying to engross myself in it, trying to give it a chance, because you'd said, like, no, give it. it's, it's not bad, but... It just did nothing for me. I just found it so depressing, and I've not watched the series genuinely that we've reviewed where've I've I really, really clock watched Dave I really did just want this to end. It was such a hard slog for me to get through eight episodes. It really was
1: yeah and and see this this for me has a lot of ingredients that you like from series and and movies. yeah, you know's got yeah. it's got the you got the mafia in there, you've got you know the violence. Hyper violence, you know, a lot of the time, and you know, it looks a lot of it looks pretty realistic, if fairly brutal. But I think it is the fact that it's so depressing <laughs> that makes yeah. it such a hard watch. You just like fuck my life, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> you, you kind of want that escapism, don't you? You know, you want that kind of redemption, and and you know, the thing is, he's I, I sort of loosely called him at the start a protagonist but he's not really, he's not a particularly nice bloke, is he? You kind no. of want him to rescue Haley, rescue the little girl, but, you know, there's nothing particularly redeemable about him other than he's hard as fuck and, you know, laughs in the face of danger kind of thing, you know, and uh, I, I I just, I, I think I found it a hard watch as well, but, um, you know, the thing is, actually, you know what, Chris, there's another thing, it's like a buddy cop movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you've yeah. got you've got the old grizzled. I'm too old for this shit, Nick Sacks, <laughs> and then you've got the happy-go-lucky, uh, <laughs> happy, um, the little blue unicorn. So, and you know, they. I guess they first bond because old Nick Sacks, you know, he's, he's good at fighting and that, but he's shit at cards. But then he figures out because because you're not sure is this actually just all in his head? You know, is it all from his heart attack? You know, so he doesn't actually exist, but you have this game of cards where you know Happy basically goes around and starts looking at everyone else's cards. <laughs> so I thought that was again just an interesting little way to uh, sort of play about with it. Is it just his delusion, or can you know does this little blue unicorn actually exist, and can he see everyone else's cards? And so he ends up winning. So we we have to conclude, yeah, it must be must be real.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I mean, what about that though, Dave? Like with Mickey, Mickey's the son who gets thrown out the window at the start and he's like the, the one, he, and he sort of comes back from the dead, doesn't he? But he's like a zombified version of Mickey. Like like what they say in the Justice League, you know, when they, they bring Superman back to life and they go, Pet Cemetery. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah, a Pet yeah, cemetery yeah. type situation, isn't it? You know, he, he, when we reviewed Pet Cemetery, didn't we, the, the recent one on, um, was it on Did the it? Comics in Motion? I thought we'd reviewed it, haven't we, Dave? I don't think so. No? I, okay, I've, I've watched, watched it. it. <laughs> no, I've watched it. Maybe I've watched it then. I've, I've done that many reviews. I think you're right. I watched it with Sam, actually. But yeah, I d- didn't... I've never seen the first one, to be fair, but we watched it and I uh, was like, okay, that's done. But yeah, that this had that Pet cemetery bit about it, which I found was a bit fucking bizarre. He's he was eating like um uncooked mints and stuff, wanting at the yeah. table and yeah, it was just like, yeah. oh, it's fucking minging
1: I've got a feeling that's gonna set something up for the second series. Um you know, there's, there's obviously something supernatural going on there, isn't there? Yeah. You know, he, he, he should have been killed really. So in that first episode when Nick Sachs kills the other three, you know, he, he should have been killed off as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he should have. been, And and uh, I think as well, Dave, there's some shocking bits in it because obviously you've got like the reality show people in the background and that guy is trying to get like Mr. Blue to become a reality star. He's like, you'll earn more money and all this shit and he's giving him a load of crap and the sister's calling him for like wetting his bed or shitting his pants or whatever she <laughs> says to him. And he ends up turning around and just blowing the producer away, doesn't he? And he yeah. says, I like, my, I like what I do and all this and just kills him. He's been in, the, like, <laughs> he's been in four or five episodes. And, He takes them out. And I I think there's some proper shock factors. But because, like you say, because it's so fucking depressing, I was like, this is just... I, I can't work it out they you right they should have everything that I would be sat here going this is fantastic I, I can't wait and I nearly put the start of the second series on yesterday and I'm thinking hang on I don't have to review this I'm not watching it <laughs> you know <laughs> so I don't know whether I'd go and I'd go back and watch the second series I don't know whether I, and the sad thing is the two series are on Netflix but it's been cancelled yeah,
1: so yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's, you know well not sad really because I didn't I don't necessarily as you can get by my tone I'm not necessarily I enjoyed it but I'm sure Oh, These plenty of people out there enjoyed this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I am appreciating it more so than just enjoying it for the ride. You know, it, 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 but it is such, such a depressing thing. I mean, you've got I, I think the fact that you've got this very bad Santa and and one of the revelations, obviously, is you know this very bad Santa can actually see Happy as well. You know, so they have a bit of a run in and he yeah. tries to eat Happy and ends up sort of vomiting him out the fact that you've got all these kids, you know, and they're, uh, the, the he's stolen them, but they want to kind of pre them up. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. Uh, you know, when Haley uh, she's been stored in this box, but then, you know, they, when she meets some of the other kids, you know, they're, they're going to like, I don't know, cling film them or something and just preserve them forever. And it's just like fucking so depressing, you know, and like you say, as a parent, probably more so, um, and I guess that's the problem in, in watching some of these things. You know, I can quite happily uh, buy the facts if you've got, you know, Shazam or Captain Marvel or something, you know, flying through the air or Superman. I can buy that. But, you know, when it gets to something that could be real, you know, happy aside, then you sort of like, well, it's a bit too depressing for me.
0: Yeah, and, and, and also, Dave, we do get a Pulp Fiction moment, don't we, in episode seven? Because uh, Nick gets sort of Marcella Wallace done it <laughs> slightly. So um, I found that a bit thingy. The way that was passed off was done in Cuba, wasn't it? But even so, Mr. Smooth reveals that he's got no genitalia, Dave.
1: But he's got <laughs> Just, a big strap on. I think the way, a fucking big one, a fucking uh, giant Ley- succor- mongus, <laughs> can't even get the words out. Fucking huge. Um, Oh, but the way that scene panned out was so fucking funny, Chris. Because, you know, with the name Smoothie, you know, I was immediately sort of thinking, you know, he's a bit of a Varys from Game of Thrones sort of thing, you know, a bit of a eunuch or uh, Theon Greyjoy. And, uh, you know, we get the little, <laughs> we get the reveal, don't we? You know, he, he sort of says. And, and ultimately, you know, Smoothie's, disappointed you know because like i say he revels in himself as a as being that torturer and probably breaks people down and you know people will you know uh, revel in agony and beg for their lives and stuff and he probably gets off on it a bit but he just can't break nick sax and it's really frustrated him so the only thing that he can think left is you know to get this massive fucking strap on tildo but the fact that, that when you get um Happy flying in and, you know, uh, looking to rescue Nick, and he's like, we made it just in time. Fucking hell, that was funny. <laughs> you can see it's, <laughs> got this broken off. Bit, and Nick's just like, get it out. <laughs> 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 he just sort of takes it in his stride again, you know, he's just, he's not mortified or anything. It's just like a massive inconvenience for him. And, yeah, and happy like I say, he's just uh you can see it in his face. And I think the voice acting as well. You've obviously got um so you've got pat Nonswall, I know he was in Agents of Shield and that. And he's done loads of voice acting, but I just think he a combination of him and the horse as well. It's just brilliant at how he plays it off. Because you you also, I mean, after, you know, again, in our buddy cop movie, when we're approaching the kind of midway point in the season, Nick and Happy split off and, you know, they're, they're having a disagreement or whatever. And then Happy ends up being captured with all these other imaginary animals as well. And it's Blue's son, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's a thing isn't it, as well, Dave. It's almost Toy Story esque. Yeah, the way the, the the toys revolt basically, like we see that quite a lot, don't we? In uh, the Toy Story, uh, like sort of well, four films now. I can't say quadrilogy. Is it? So, I suppose. Um, yeah, these it, beats of it, it is like a Toy Story, but an R rated Toy Story in that in that <laughs> respect.
1: <laughs> well, it's definitely <laughs> R rated because you know he, he's tortured and. You know, they're just playing with him, but he gets his kind of, not his hero's journey, I guess, but he he definitely transforms because he's gone from this, you know, naive, playful little unicorn and then uh, ultimately has to slash the throat and murder one of the imaginary toys who's trying to kill him. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he does (laughs) and pushes him over. I can say, Dave, the, the stuff that I should love, but I just... I think the cartoon side of it is pretty clever and happy is good and he, he pick, comes up at the right time, doesn't he, Dave? And he, he has a bit of a stu- bit of a journey as well because he just goes from this lovable friend to being a bit of a badass himself, doesn't he? So that's pretty good. And I like the, I do like the conversation between him and Nick where Nick's talking and everyone's like, who the fuck's he talking to because they think he's mad? Yeah. Um, but I just don't care enough. Even Mr. Blue, who's like the gangster and he's like the main – Protagonist through most of the film with obviously Father Christmas. I'm just not buying him as a gangster, Dave. You know, I don't buy any of that, and and I think it's nice having his sister there knocking him down a peg or two. And like I say, the reality show dynamic's interesting, but I don't, I don't know. I just it just feels empty, empty, and and I I can't put my finger on it. And I've said it loads of times. I'm sorry for people listening. If I'm like a broken record, but. It's just fucking depressing. I'm just. I might like, check myself into fucking somewhere and have a chat with someone. It's that bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. And, and like I say, all the kind of the ingredients are there. I think I, I'm feeling not too dissimilar, to be honest. I, I think it is the depression because it's off the scale. But again, I, I just think you know when uh, they catch up with uh, Blues House, and you know Nick Sax has got his son strapped to his front and he, you know his wife on his back so he's using him as a bit of a human shield and then you know he ends up he's faking that you're gonna ha- oh no it was before wasn't it he was faking that he's got the bomb in the uh in the car and then he he flips the switch and dives to the ground and he's like nothing's happening and then they're just gonna go and kick his ass or, or well they go to execute him but he ends up sort of coming through that as well but it's when the sun- he just picks it up, you know, the little shitbag bag of a son who's got all these vicious, uh, murderous, imaginary friends as well. You know, he just picks it up and then flips a the switch. And then you just see Nick and, and Happy driving off into the distance and you see the big explosion in the background. And he kind of, again, that nonchalant look and he's like, Huh. Oh. <laughs> it does work in the end. It's little moments like that, which I think are, do add a lot of humor to it. A lot of fucking sick dark humour, but I, it did make me laugh as well.
0: You know, you know what though, that that scene you've just said, I forgot about that. I was really uncomfortable with that scene, Dave, because he's it's the other way around. He's got the kid on his back, like when Luke's got Yoda, carrying Yoda around. But he's oh, got yeah. the woman in front of him, but he's like almost giving her one while the kid's on the back. She's like almost orgasming the way she's going on and she gives up a husband. And I was like, this is fucking wrong. This on so many levels. Like she's like getting absolutely excited by this. And then like Nick looks at the last minute and goes, oh shit, the kid's on my back. You know, it was, it was, I was half expecting him to say like, oh, I'm getting really stiff here. And I'm thinking, if I'm says that." I'm turning it <laughs> off. Yeah, I'm turning it off. This is fucking wrong completely. He didn't say it, but he alluded to that. The way that whole scene was, because she was too excited for the fact that she'd had, she was being used as a human shield. Because not one of them marksmen, they all had the fucking uh, stormtrooper lasers on. I think at that point, because nobody hit any of them. (laughs) I don't know about you, whether you picked up on that. I just found that really uncomfortable that bit.
1: I didn't notice that to be honest. I didn't notice it. Maybe maybe I should pay more attention. <laughs> I was probably paying too much. Day, that's the problem. <laughs> that's mean, I mean, I was like, "Oh no, this is so wrong." <laughs> but I mean, we get it. I mean, as as it wraps up, obviously, Nick, you know, he saves the day, he rescues Santa. um You know, he, sax basically ends up killing him, and then you know, Haley's reunited with her mother. You get Sachs having another heart attack, and you're thinking, "Fucking hell! Well, just put him out of his fucking misery," <laughs> you know. But everyone, you know, sort of has. There's a rumor that you know people think he's dead, and then um, you know it kind of cuts across to Haley, and you know, Happy's been a little bit tainted. You know, obviously he's killed now. He's had his taste of blood, and obviously Haley, you know. She, her innocence has, has kind of gone as well, hasn't she? She's seen this dark and dingy world, this, this Gotham ramped up to 11, and um, Happy disappears. And I, I thought that was quite sad and quite touching. But then Happy reappears and rejoins Sax. And you can see he's delighted about it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah he's, he's like fucking. My life cannot get any worse. Fuck my life. <laughs> it's like oh, this little bastard's back. But again, you know, just great buddy cop stuff for me.
0: Yeah, it's funny in it because I think, yeah, it is a buddy cop. It's a buddy cop and a different, a different one. I'll give him that. I'll give you that. It's a different, a different take on it. And I, honestly, Dave, I'm sure this is going to be split down the middle. I think there's going to be loads of people. Say, so I think if you're a comic book fan and you have that comic background, you'll love this. Absolutely love it. But if you're like me, who's not a comic book reader, I, I'm not trying to put words into people's mouths. Well, I don't think you'll get it as much. And even though I've got the background of doing this, you know, the have done this podcast now for over two and a half years and I love it. And there's plenty of things you've got me to watch, Dave, that are absolutely atrocious. But I can understand and respect the comic origins of it. This I just didn't get. And I think that's probably why it was cancelled as well, because it was basically, and it's reviewed really well, Dave, really, really well on, on Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia, on Rotten Tomatoes and, and things like that. It's, it's above average. It's at like sevens and things like that. It's, it's not crap, but I just think a lot of people probably didn't get it.
1: Yeah. And, and also just that it's too depressing, isn't it? You know, we've got, yeah. you know, there's only so much free time you've got. And so to sit down, and just be utterly depressed <laughs> you know, for fucking 50 minutes or whatever, or, you know, best part of an hour, I, I, probably a lot of people would have just switched this off, I think. Now, yeah, and you're right. They they do set up the second season, don't they? Because I think, uh, I mean, we talked about uh, Mikey, or Mickey, Mikey. He'd been, uh, he'd been possessed by this demon. I mean, it, it all comes back to that whole password thing. You know, and so people thought that Mickey had a password and then they thought Nick Sachs had the password and it was actually a demon. And so uh, the guy, the old fella, had whispered uh, a demon into him kind of thing. And so that's kind of why he didn't die. But you basically had this this old aunt, this spiritualist, and basically she'd said that, you know, if this orcus demon enters um, blue, then all is lost. And so right at the end of the episode, you get Blue visited by Mikey and basically breathes this kind of orcus demon into him, into Blue. And then Mikey just drops down dead. And then you've got Blue sort of gets up and takes his glasses off. And you can see that he's kind of uh, he's going to be the demon now. And so, you know, shit's about to go down. So that was how they they've kind of set up the second season. But I think it was just a bit too subtle, you know. And again, I yeah. I just think you really have to be kind of paying attention to, to kind of pick up on all of that and what, what's really going on. And I don't think because it's so depressing, I'm sure because it has reviewed so well, there's lots of people who whose attention it has maintained. Um, but I don't think yours and, and mine are probably one of them
0: no no it's sad that as well dave so should we go to our review dave
1: yeah let's go why hello there i'm seth singleton and i'm here to tell you about mad Buck, a harley quinn cast three two one harley quinn harley fucking quinn
0: what have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since
1: 1966. Oh, look, go And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, i nuts. I definitely do not fuck that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis.
0: Humans make good fertilizer.
1: You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm.
0: Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast.
1: (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you, fuckers. I'll let you go first. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, I I think it's just... It just wasn't me. I'm sorry. I banged this on so many times. My review probably is not been any different than what I've already said. I think he's really good as Nick Sachs, as in he does his best for it. I think he's a convincing lead. He's he's just dirty, <laughs> alcoholic, ex-cop. He's an absolute nails, hard bastard. Uh, really good. The dynamic of happy should work. It doesn't really work for me. I think I think there's some couple of funny bits there there is some standout bits the reality stuff was good the, the violence and the choreography is, it is very good I just didn't like it. It's six hours of just me clock watching, thinking, fucking hell, I've got to get through this. I just it didn't grab me that I thought it would. I honestly thought this would be another Netflix special. And if any in the vein of like the Doom Patrol Umbrella Academy, it's not. It's just really depressing, as far in my opinion, anyway. So I'm gonna send it to Hell's Kitchen, Dave. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I really don't. And I could I probably I don't know how to say this, but I probably could muddle my way through the second series. But at the moment, I just haven't got the fucking thingy. I'm going to have to get myself a load of Prozac if I've got to watch the second series now. But (laughs) I I, I, I might go back to it at some point and see if I can just pick the odd episode up here and there. But at the moment, it's a no. But yeah, Hell's Kitchen Dave. So what about yourself?
1: Now, for me, I can't help but think that, you know, in this kind of Netflix world (laughs) that we now live in, or you know where the subscription services are, are basically producing their own shows it's only now that you would get something like happy being made because this would never make it on you know mainstream tv would it <laughs> you wouldn't get anywhere past the first pitch and people would just be like that is fucked up <laughs> you know you've basically got this this yeah. child catcher it's going to be gritty as fuck you've got this down and out cop um who isn't particularly redeemable not a very nice person but he is an absolute badass um and it is going to be hyper violent you just wouldn't get it on mainstream tv so so i'm glad that shows like happy exists and i do think you know the way it looks the way it captures that grittiness is really good i mean they, they, they talk about redeemable i mean probably only Haley and happy are probably the only redeemable characters in there aren't they you know and it's just absolute bonkers like so much of it is is off the wall and i guess it's there's something though that that is missing and I don't quite know what it is either. And I just think it—it it might just be that it is just the the subject matter is just so so depressing. I do like it how they occasionally, you know, they throw that bit of dark humor in there, and I, you know, I quite enjoyed that. And so some of it did genuinely make me laugh out loud, and so I kind of enjoyed it. But I think I appreciated it more than I enjoyed it. You know, I appreciated it for what it was—the the art and and what it was trying to, the story that it was trying to sell. But just you know, can't say I was rushing to watch the next episode. You mentioned Daredevil before, you know, specifically that the first season. You know, when the first when an episode finished, I was just like, oh, I need to watch the next one now, <laughs> you know, because the way it sort of finishes off, I, I need to know what happens. With this one, I had to space it out a little bit more because it was like, you know, watch an episode. Take a deep breath, you know. Whew, you know, right, okay. <laughs> I'll watch another one tomorrow, but fuck me, that was depressing. <laughs> so I think there there are a lot of people out there who would watch it, you know, and who might not be put off by how depressing it is. So I, again, I think because I appreciate it so much, I'm, I'm going to rate it higher than you. I'm going to put it in a, in a hall of justice. I think, and I think... It, it is a high hall of justice as well, because I think the production quality on it is really good. And uh, I, I, yeah, it's just the depression bit that brings it all down. I, I need a bit of, you know, I need a few more laughs in my life and and things to be a little bit less gritty, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a good review, Dave, and a great analysis of it as well. And also, it'd be good for like people out there to, who have seen it, because like you say, it's been out in the open for a couple of years. Do they agree? Do they disagree? I mean, I've never seen much buzz of it on social media, hence why I never knew anything about it. Maybe you know, I've not been looking properly, but I'd never... I've never seen people saying like, oh my God, you must watch happy. You know, usually when they go on Netflix and things like that, it's, it's actually word of mouth, is it? I mean, look at fucking Joe exotic, Dave, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the tiger King. I mean, that was non. I know the lockdown probably made that more precious than what it actually is, but watching it was like, holy shit. Daredevil was a social media phenomenon, even the Punisher. And they, the people don't rate that. I love the Punisher, especially the second series. So, it, you know, it, it's just one of them things you tell your make data you, and it's a wash. You've got to watch this series, you've got this series and, and you'll, you'll get articles with it, like the lad's Bible or whatever saying um, you, this is the next must-watch TV show. I've never seen that, this happy at all. So i would be interesting to see like what the reaction is after we get this out there in the open.
1: Yeah. And also,
0: Dave, to segue in there, sorry, Dave, um, if you do want to contact us and you want to sort of, you know, uh, Talk to us about the review we've done today on Twitter at Comics in Motion. P. If you want to email us, the Comics in Motion podcast at gmail.com. And if you do get chance and you have a couple of minutes, could you drop us a review, please, on your podcast catching app? It just helps myself and Dave grow and gets us out there to more people. So, Mr. Horrocks, great episode there. Thank you for choosing this because I am going to pick an absolute Piece of garbage. Next time, where I get choice, either on this one, Dave, or the VHS, you will be getting payback. <laughs> this has done me for all the what bad ones I've given you. A thing. I think this is like rounded it all off, and uh,
1: yeah, this, this I mean. is not eat my dust, though, is it? I mean, <laughs> come on, this is this no, is no, but... good quality stuff. Just fucking bizarre, and I guess probably what we, what we've done for the last few series is just review review the first few episodes. Um, maybe we should have done that. <laughs> that no that's what I was going to say it's not, the, it's not the fact that it's
0: it's not worse than like Hawk the Slayer and I give you eat my dust that was my pick and some of the other shit like you know uh, Snake in a Monkey's Shadow on the VHS stuff like that it's the fact that it was six fucking hours Dave six hours <laughs> I've got six hours to get you back on yet my friend don't you worry about that <laughs>
1: Well I think as as we drop this uh Umbrella Academy season 2 will be out on Netflix tomorrow. Um I think we'll have to we'll have to talk offline because I I don't really just want to binge through that in a whole weekend or something so it may may take us a couple of weeks to get to that one. Um so what we talked about Chris was doing an older movie. Obviously we had the news about warner brothers releasing the snyder cut i don't know have you seen that little um that little clip that's just out on the interwebs from yesterday you've got black superman you know in his black suit and everything meeting alfred so i think you know being a bit of a skeptic you know that this thing ever would come out now that it is i am intrigued to see it so i thought we'd go back and look at some of the earlier stuff but where this was supposed to start i think It was actually Green Lantern, the 2011 movie starring Ryan Reynolds, which everyone kind of wants to forget about. But I want to go back and review that one and see what you think of it.
0: Yeah, I've never seen it, Dave, so I'm quite interested. I like a bit of Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, I'm on that. And also, Dave, uh, on Twitter, Zack Snyder pulled up in the Batmobile. At, uh, I think it was a Comic-Con or a panel thing he did over the weekend, so he actually pulled up in it. So nice. well, that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's on Twitter if anyone puts that like, in. You just put Zack Snyder Batmobile, it'll come up. It's only like a 30-second clip, but he looks cool as fuck, Dave. Really good.
1: Nice. Well, before we finish up, Chris, I think we should just listen to our trailer for Green Lantern. Light has gone out in the universe. Worlds annihilated. Lanterns, we face an unprecedented danger. An enemy powerful enough to destroy entire civilizations. To fight this enemy, the ring chose a human. But I don't need to tell you your duty. I pledge allegiance to a lantern that I got from a dying purple alien. So, this is the chosen human. The ring turns thought into reality.
0: Its limits are only what you can imagine. The sword of human.
1: Remember, your enemy is not gonna play fair
0: is that what i think it is an alien life form doctor
1: the first that mankind has ever encountered So we're gonna get you well again i've never felt better in my life they said they wouldn't have chosen me if i didn't see something i don't see it
0: i see you had the ability to overcome fear
1: stay here no problem if you die, innocent lives will be lost. Your world will be annihilated.
0: Help me save my planet.
1: Fight it. Fight it with me. Brightest day, blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Okay, Chris, well, thanks for indulging me. Thanks for watching this series. Sorry you didn't like it. There were a lot of ingredients there that, that I did think uh, you'd enjoy this one. It wasn't intentionally throwing you under the bus, but under the bus it seems you will be. So it was great to speak to you, mate, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye now. Excuse me, I'm Eric adventurer. James Xavier. Like Go fuck yourself. What in the... Ever dance with the devil in the pale of the night? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside? Come to me, son of jor Kneel before Zod!
0: Why so serious?
1: Let's put a smile on that face. I am Iron Man. I'm Batman. I'm hey. Good Oh hey, hey.